Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. Baby products are supposed to be exciting because the babies don't have very short attention span, right? So if you're making a baby product uh, or you see a baby product in the market that is best selling, maybe you can add a little music. Maybe you can add a little light into it. Maybe you can take a simple product and make it dual purpose. Maybe you see uh, 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 a peeler uh, and let's say you go to Frequently Bought Together and you see that people buy uh, knives. Today, we are diving into the world of Amazon selling with an industry favorite. Afa Lobby is the mastermind behind transforming seven-figure Amazon brands through sourcing and negotiation. Afa Lobby is a seasoned expert with over 20 years of selling experience. He has a unique talent for uncovering hidden treasures in Chinese marketplaces, revolutionizing product development, and mastering logistics strategies. Y'all, buckle up. I have heard Afalabi speak on stages, and he blows me away every time. We are going to explore the secrets of making money, not just in selling, but in the art of intelligent buying. Welcome, Afalabi. Hi, how are you, Joey? Thanks for having me again on the show. <laughs> yes, this is awesome. I am thrilled to dig deep into your head. Bring it on. <laughs> oh, sweet. All right. I, I like stories. So let's jump into the story of one of your first successful negotiations in the Chinese marketplace and Let's also apply it today. So our listeners are like, hey, that's awesome. And I can implement that in my business. Awesome. So um, I would say 2014, 2015, I started working with this supplier in Shanghai, in China. And uh, I took a trip to go meet them. And we sat on the same table. I met with the owners of the company. We all ate together. We chatted and talked and talked about family and, you know, not just business, just talk, just talk loosely about everything. Uh, but little did I, little did I know that what was going to come out of it was going to be a major thing for me because by the time I got back to the U.S. and we started uh, ordering more products and, you know, uh, working with them. Uh, one day, the, 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 the main person in the company said to me, say, hey, Afalabi, you know, we see that you have been very consistent in sending us payments and you've been selling your products and we see that you're launching new products every time. How about we do this for you? How about we give you like half a million in line of credit, just keep buying products and go sell it. And when you sell it, you can pay us anytime you want. I'm like, did I hear that right? Oh. <laughs> are these people, are, did I hear that these people are financing my business or what? <laughs> I call it my China zero interest uh, line of credit. And they actually did. They were just sending me products. You know, they never bothered me about money. They said, just, we know Amazon pays you every two weeks. So whatever you can send, just keep sending it. Just keep selling. You're keeping our factory busy. So we, we really enjoy this, uh, 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 you know, relationship. Just keep going. And 
that really made us grow, grow by like a thousand percent in a year that, you know, it, it also made me appreciate um, cash flow. Like if you have unlimited cash flow to do stuff, to order products, uh, it really helps a lot because most Amazon sellers or e-com sellers, they would wait to sell so that they can have money and then they go and order. Yep. Yep. But on, on, you know, with us at that time, we were just ordering and just launching new styles every month and just killing it. And just really, I think it wasn't, I think it was almost 4,000% growth. We were just blowing everything. And, you know, that was our secret because we were pretty much indirectly backed by our, our supplier. <laughs> yeah, that's all of our dream. I mean, you typically, as a new seller, especially, there's always a cash flow problem. And right out of the gate, you were able to to alleviate that. That is so incredible and impressive. So did that kick off your passion for for um, suppliers and logistics? Yes. Yes. It really helped. Uh, I, I really started to value relationships, uh, that the relationship is more more. Uh, you know, more important uh, than just the business. You know, sometimes when I'm talking to the sales rep on uh, on WeChat or or WhatsApp or whatever uh, you know platform we're using to to talk, I I always ask them about their families. I look at their the, the photos of their children. I I, I you know genuinely uh, you know care about them, and I let them know that and. This creates a very, very strong bond between you and your supplier, and they will do anything for you. I agree. And, you know, especially right now with the Chinese New Year, everybody needs to be reaching out and just saying, like, Happy New Year. I wish you mm -hmm. the best. And just the little things go a long way for them. Yes. Yes. Very, very true. I agree. I love it. Yeah, being super nice. What are other uh, profitability strategies we can dig into? Now, you've you've said before that you have to make money when you buy, not just when you're selling your products. Yes. <laughs> well, um, anytime I negotiated a price that is lower than everybody else, uh, I I think it's a win for me. I think it's profit for me uh, because. When I'm buying, I'm, I'm, I'm already making money when I'm buying it because I, I, got a, I got a steal on my prices. Another thing that I do that most Amazon sellers uh, are not aware of for whatever reason is uh, when I'm buying products or before I make a decision to start selling a product, I want to know what the tariff I'm going to be paying. Many people go ahead and do Ilium 10 or do Jungle Scout and find products only to discover that they're going to be paying 31% tariff on that product, right? So people don't, uh, people don't know that the, the tariff could be a huge cost. It could, it could mean 25, 30% more that you're going to be paying on that product. So I use, I make sure I reclassify or I classify my product perfectly to make sure that I'm paying as little tariff as possible uh, before buying that product so that I can compete when it comes to, when it comes down to price war, I can really compete because I'm picking up a lot of money uh, when I, you know, use the right 
tariff code to import my products. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, tariffs because you're right. People do get hung up on that. And when I was a new seller, uh, yeah, I, I had to pay like 25% when it came through the port. And I think I had estimated like 15%. So let's dig into that. What is your tips and advice for for sellers of all levels, really, to, to watch that bef- when they're ordering new products for the first time? Yes. Yeah, so tariff is... Uh... It's very simple and yet it's very complex. Uh, yes. You need to uh, use an expert to uh, do your tariff. Uh, actually, when I started, uh, let's talk about a story, okay, since we like stories. Yes. Um, so I was selling these uh, school supplies, uh, you know, 2020, uh, 2015, 16 or something, and I just noticed that my bill, my shipping bill was high. And I'm like, how can we save money? So I was looking at a form called Form 7501. That's your customs entry form that all the freight forwarders are completing on your behalf. You may not know, but every time you import a product into the U.S., your freight forwarder has to complete a customs declaration form 7501. So I was looking at that form and I saw our product that the description that was put on that product was wrong. We were selling school supplies and the, the description was showing something like teapot or something like that. I'm like, that's this is not our product. And I also saw that the tariff oh. was like 31% was the tariff. I mean, this is a product where we're ordering almost a million dollars in inventory cost every year. And we were paying 31% in, uh, in duties. So I'm like, first, this is not our product. This description is not our product. So I set out to find the perfect uh, matching tariff code for our product. It's, it was very complex, but I found it. And I discovered that we were supposed to be paying 3.5%. Oh, wow. Not 31%. That gave us a, almost a... Uh, a savings of two hundred and twenty something thousand dollars. Wow! Right there. Yep, yep. It was. It was. It was. This was as if I hit gold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm impressed. <laughs> yes, and many people don't know about it. Unfortunately, um, in fact, after I did, after I discovered all these, I had to reclassify all of our products to actually get take advantage of the proper tariff, uh, the proper duty. And we actually started, uh, a friend of mine reached out to me and said, can you start this service and help other Amazon sellers? So we started what we call Tariff Terminator. So if you go to tariffterminator.com, you'll see how we ha- have, we're helping Amazon sellers reclassify their products so that they can save on tariff. Another thing we do with tariff uh, is so let's say I'm launch- I want to launch a product, right, Joey? And yeah. uh, I discovered that my tariff was going to be 25%. And I'm like, is there a way I can use a different material for this product? Or right. can I use a different ingredient? Because tariff for wooden product is different from tariff using PVC material. So if my product is PVC and, and I see that my tariff is 22 or 25%, I'll ask my supplier, what if I, can I, can I use PVC for this product? And if they say, yeah, you could use PVC or if I'm using, if they're using 
PVC and I saw I see that the PVC tariff is higher, I can say, can I use wood? And I will check that the wood is actually lower tariff. So I use this strategy a lot. Another thing we do with uh, another wonder we do with tariff is we 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 diversify our sourcing. So I used to sell vinyls like craft vinyls, and one yeah. day we got hit with Trump's tariff, which is twenty five percent extra. I think we were paying seven percent before, and then the Trump's tariff of twenty five percent came in. I'm like, oh gosh, this is. Do we have to raise our price on Amazon, or what do we do? And I discovered, I said, you know what? Let me see how much these vinyls will cost if I import them from Korea instead of China. So I, you know, I sourced uh, some suppliers in Korea. Number one, I'm, I was going to get a better quality product because Korean vinyls were better quality than China. And guess what? It was about 6% more in prices. So I'm getting it for a dollar in China. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting it for a dollar six cents in Korea, but by the time I add the thirty something percent tariff on China, it's about a dollar and thirty two. Whereas bringing it from Korea was zero tariff. Wow! <laughs> so that's why I tell Amazon sellers, I'm like, make sure you educate yourself about tariff because you can save a lot. Uh, you can compete on price when you reclassify your products accurately. Yes, I'm going to put the tariffterminator.com <laughs> link in the notes so we can all all check that out. I've never never looked at it. I just learned that is new. I learned that from you now, <laughs> even though I've known you for a year or so. Um, very cool. And I love that you're learning stuff and then you go out to help all of us sellers. We really do appreciate the care that you put into into this entire industry. Um, <laughs> now, going back to that story you just shared, it's like you're like, oh, well, I was going to get this in China, but maybe I'll just get it in Korea. How, mm-hmm. how did you even find a supplier in Korea? Because typically they're not on Alibaba. So there's a site called Kita, K-I-T-A, kita.org. That is Korea's um sourcing website and the good thing i the good thing i don't know if they still do this or not but if you go to kita.org they would assign you a sourcing concierge wow so you tell the person it is so cool you tell the person exactly what you're looking for and he's going to go into the and he's working for the government so he's going to go and find you like gazillion number of suppliers in korea that are making the same product and then you can pick and choose whichever one you want so that's kita.com, K-I-T-A.org, actually. Awesome. I'll put that in the notes, too. So many <laughs> golden nuggets, and we're only about halfway through. This is dropping bombs. Um, all right. Switching into uh, negotiation mm-hmm. tactics. Um, let's talk about that because you've kind of been touching on price and, and how you were able to negotiate, but like, let's like get into the nitty gritty, like beyond the being nice and, and being a human and building the relationship. Like, like what else is there? So, um, I have many sourcing, I mean, negotiation tactics, but I think my favorite one is the silence, the power of silence. Um, whereby 
I hope your suppliers aren't listening to this. Whereby, <laughs> <laughs> whereby when I'm trying to negotiate price with my supplier, I, uh, I, I, let's say I'm on WeChat with them and I'm like, oh, you know, they gave me a price of $2.35 and I really want to pay $2. So I come back, I say, I tell them, I say, well, the two dollar, the two dollar thirty cents, it's 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 just too much for me. Uh, unfortunately, I I cannot do this. Sorry. And then I I end the conversation, and then they get back to me. They say, so uh, I spoke to my boss, and we are only able to drop it to two dollars and twenty seven cents. I know that's not what I want, so I keep quiet. I don't say anything. I don't reply the messages. I don't do nothing. I know they're going to get really, really anxious really soon. So day one, no response. They say, hey, Afalabi, are you there? I don't answer. <laughs> day two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't answer. Ah. And then I wait till they get to their breaking point and they, they start negotiating with themselves. And they're <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. I spoke to, again to my, to my boss and it's like, we can do it for $2. I don't say anything. I oh. still keep quiet. <laughs> and they say, okay, what, what about a dollar ninety? <laughs> and then okay, what about a dollar eighty-five? And I say, Well, I was really thinking a dollar seventy-five. It was like, oh no, 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 no. You know, we can't make any money with that. My boss says final, final is a dollar eighty-five or a dollar ninety. I'm like, okay, all right, you got a deal. I was really aiming for two dollars, but I got it for a dollar ninety, so that's a good deal for me. <laughs> Yes, and you make them feel like they're also winning because then exactly. you tried to go even lower. <laughs> exactly. And that's what, like you said, that's one thing we should be careful uh, of because you don't want your suppliers to lose money. Uh, they're, in, they're in business to make money, to take care of their families, to take care of your employees and everything. So, you, you know, you got to be very uh, sensitive that it's a win-win situation. There are sometimes that even sometimes I negotiate and I really get a good deal, but I'm, I could kind of sense that the, the supplier isn't so happy. So I go back and say, okay, I know you agreed to a dollar eighty. What would make you guys make money? I, I want you to make profit. What is a real good price for you? They say, oh, actually, you know, if we can do a dollar eighty-seven, that would be good. I'm like, okay, let's do a dollar eighty-seven. As long as you're happy, I'm happy. I'm not going to have any problem with you. Let's let's do it. Yeah, I like that approach also. <laughs> and it may help you get better quality products or they'll take more time to do quality control and take care of your orders. Yes, very true. Very true. Yep. Another thing we, I think we, we mentioned it is to take care of your sales rep. Uh, make sure that, you know, so because many people treat sales reps like trash and they don't, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't respect them. They, but you know, when it's Chinese new year, send them a gift, you know, uh, you know, let them know that the baby in their photo is so cute. And, yeah. and you know, because that sales rep knows the bottom price. You don't know. <laughs> she knows. Yeah. So anytime you're negotiating, if, if she likes you, if you're being nice, she's going to bring you as close to that bottom price as possible. <laughs> Good point. All for saying, hey, you have a cute baby. <laughs> uh -huh. Yep. 
Or you look at you look at the uh, the status on WhatsApp or WeChat, and you see that he tra he or she traveled to some part of China. You're like, oh my god, where is that? And then you start conversation. Oh yeah, I took you know I took a holiday with my friends. We went to the China Wall, and we had a beautiful. I said, oh, what what kind of food did you guys eat? Oh, boom boom. She starts telling you the photos of their food. Oh, oh yeah. my god, that's fish. That's a whole fish. You finished that? Yeah, it was beautiful. It's a local delicacy. <laughs> You can't give it. <laughs> you kind of go back and forth. That kind of rep would it will move mountain for you. <laughs> and it is really interesting. Like I would want to yeah. read these conversations you're having. <laughs> <laughs> so going to um, product standards, right? Like I know you have really high standards when it comes to your products. So now that you've negotiated the price and you found your your secret weapon supplier, how do you ensure that the quality is going to meet your standards? Um, well, you first, when you pay very well for a product, the supplier will not be tempted to use substandard materials for you. And then you also, I would advise you send an inspection company in there to check before the item is finished. Some people in, do inspection after, but some some products, it may be too late. So every step of the way, I think you should be, especially if it's a new product that you just developed, every mm -hmm. step of the way, I think you should be getting photos and video uh, reviews of this product from the supplier. Just tell your sales rep and say, hey, uh, I want you to, can you take a video and turn this product around, show me 360 degree view, or you can get on a, a video chat with her and say, hey, I just want to see how the product looks. I want to see. And then that's when you start noticing some errors or some mistakes. Say, oh yeah, that's not good. I want you to help me. Like I was working on a product maybe a day or two ago for a, for a client. And uh, we noticed that after you put screws and bolts in this product, the, the head of the bolt was coming out, was kind of sticking out. So we were like, nah, that doesn't look good. It's got to be able to flush. So yeah. they came up with a design that would help us drill another bigger hole so that the head of the screw can sink in properly. I said, yeah, that looks good now. Um, so when you're taking photos and videos of the process along the way, you can spot errors really fast. And after the product is finished, then you send an inspection company to do a spot inspection uh, for you so that the supplier knows that you are watching and that you care about the product quality. Um, you know, so I will do inspection, you know, inspection for the cost of inspection. Uh, it's well worth it to ship a defect, to ship a bunch of thousands of defective items across the ocean. Yeah. In instead of me paying 350 or whatever for inspection to solve that problem before it even goes too far. And some of these factory might actually pay for the cost of your inspection. You know, you can negotiate that with them and say, hey, my inspector found this that they're not supposed to find. We, we talked about this. Why do we still have this problem? Can you please help me bear this cost of inspection? Because if everything had gone really far, I wouldn't have had to hire an inspection company. So most factories will actually uh, bear that cost for you. Yeah, that's a good good point. And sometimes if I've had to do a second 
inspection and if I'm buying the quality control through Alibaba, you know, it's, it's like around a hundred bucks. I just say, Hey, let's just split the second inspection. Correct. Even though you're trying to like, tell me it's all fine. I would just feel better and we can just split it. And I Correct. think when I've split it with them, they've been really nice to me in the future and they'll give yes. me coupons. Good. That's how to do it. That's how to do it. I mean, it's just, if we, I think if we're all being human, I think the world the world is going to be a better place. I mean, do do to other people what you want them to do to you. So you're just being human. You're just coming to them, you know, reasonably as human looking, you know, dealing with them as human beings. If you were in their shoes, this is what you would have done. This is what you have, let, you know, this is what you would have wished somebody to do for you as well. So it's just being nice and being human. It will take us very far. Yes, it will. And I like to assume that everybody is being nice to them. So I try to be even nicer. Like I will make them videos like with my face in it and just send them a video like, hey, just got this product. I'm opening it now. I just want to say a big thank you. And yep. they love it. They love to just see me like unboxing this like crazy box they sent to me. Perfect. That's that's the best way. I mean, I'm very sure you have a lot of happy suppliers. <laughs> <laughs> they're fun, but I have suppliers from years ago who still message me and they're like, can you buy from me? And I'm like, no, because I'm not selling those products. And I feel guilty. I'm like, oh, I should be giving her more money. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. That's really cool. That's good. <laughs> no, but I was hard on that supplier too because I had ordered something that was stainless steel and mm. I made not only have her show me the grade of metal with like a little metal uh, machine, like a uh, handheld device, but I also would have a third party uh, quality control person come in with the same handheld device and I would make them do it side by side so that awesome. I could trust that she had the right metal uh, quality control device needed to say this is stainless steel. And she was like, you are a very, very strong businesswoman is what she would say to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, attention to details and being thorough, you know, in what we do. <laughs> no, I'm like, this is getting on a boat to head to me and it's going to take like 90 days. I was like, I need to make sure that it's not going to rust. True. Very true. Especially if you're making product with wood and you want to make sure the wood is dry enough so that it doesn't grow mold while it's in mm. the container heading towards you. Because so many times in our 3PL facility here, we, we do get products and they're covered in mold by the time they get to us. It's really bad. It takes a long time and it's very expensive to oh get mold on a product. Yeah, we have to hire people and they have to cover their noses and faces and everything to come and deal with the mold on people's products. It's, it's very expensive. Yeah, I've actually never even heard a story like that. And now I'm thinking of wood products and I sell some wood products that actually come to me from the Ukraine. I haven't had a mold problem, but that's a good point. Mm -hmm. um, I need to check with that supplier to have them wrap it in something special. Yes. You should make sure that the wood is properly, uh, properly dried. And the way to catch it is when you're doing inspection, you have to do your humidity inspection. Uh, there's a, there's an humidity content like 
that should be in the wood. So the inspector would go in there and test the humidity. And that's how you catch it. If it's over, I think it's over 6% or 5%, it's, it has a huge uh, you know, tendency to grow mold. Wow. Okay. More bombs being dropped here. Really interesting <laughs> stuff. And this isn't to scare anybody. We're just sharing stories and Correct. things to look out for. <laughs> I love it. So when I first, uh, I guess not necessarily met you, but like learned about one of your many expertise, I was really impressed with the ease of product development that kind of you've obviously you've been selling on Amazon for 20 years, you've exited your own brands, but you just have this natural ability to improve products that already exist. Can you talk a little bit um, just about that and maybe give us some tips of ways that listeners can think about improving their products? Uh, thanks a lot for that. Um, I I think it comes from uh, my desire to always simplify things. Uh, I don't like complicated stuff. I don't like complicated or complex things. I like I like to keep it simple. <laughs> when I'm looking at a, a a remote control, you know, I'm like there there's a remote control at home that I don't use anymore because I look at him like this is so confusing. I don't have time to be trying to figure out how to use this thing. So I just put it aside. Even though if I if I try hard, I would know how to do it. But I don't want my customers to be trying so hard before trying to figure out how to use something. So uh I like simple product innovation. So you can you can have a product and just Think of a clever way to make it better. If the product is square, why can't you make it round? Why can't you make it hexagonal? Why can't you make it like a trapezium? Why can't you make it, you know, if, if, if it's a baby product, baby products are supposed to be exciting because the babies don't have very short attention span, right? So if you're making a baby product uh, or you see a baby product in the market that is best selling, Maybe you can add a little music. Maybe you can add a little light into it. Maybe you can take a simple product and make it dual purpose. Maybe you see a, 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 a peeler uh, and let's say you go to Frequently Bought Together and you see that people buy uh, knives and peeler. Uh, they frequently buy those two products together. You can. Why don't you design something that has... On one end is the pillar and the other end is the knife, right? If you, if you see a gardening, uh, uh, gardening bench, you know, why don't you make it have a pad whereby somebody can use it to rest it, you know, uh, they can rest their uh, elbows on it and they can also kneel on it if it, if it serves as a knee pad. Why can't it be dual purpose? So those are different things. Like if something you, you, you're selling uh, 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 hyaluronic acid product or something, uh, maybe, maybe you can change the bottle design to make it look like, you know, something else. Maybe you can change the smell. Maybe everything mm -hmm. smells the same in the market. Maybe you put on a little hint of hibiscus or rose 
Or, you know, my wife bought something the other day. I think it's a deodorant. And I'm like, what's that nice smell? It's like, oh, you like it? He says, oh, it's the native. As I say, oh, native, the expensive deodorant. <laughs> She's like, how did you know it was expensive? I'm like, I know. <laughs> it's pricey. And uh, I said, but it smells really nice. She's like, I like it. I said, yeah, I think I like it too. I might be, I might be using that too. <laughs> <laughs> just little changes like that um, <laughs> that go a long way <laughs> and uh, there's it. one there's one thing I discovered recently Joey that do you know you can you can sell the same product in multiple categories I found these special cream and this cream is good for i'm just using it as an example as hand moisturizer so everybody knows this cream to be a hand moisturizer but wait a minute what if after shaving guys have you tested and if you apply it to your chin and your cheek after shaving and it's like smoothing and it's so soft and so moisturizing why can't I relabel it as a moisturizing aftershave lotion? It's the same thing. And then you discover that it's so good for the neck. Oh, oh, you know, ladies like, you know, into neck cream these days. And you try it on the neck and you give it to your friend or, you know, and, and say, can you use it on the neck? And you, you, they use it on the neck. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so moisturizing. And then you start selling it as neck moisturizer. <laughs> So the same product you're selling in three, four, five different ways in just two different bottles that don't look the same. Yeah, That's you just change the packaging. Yes, just change the packaging. It's the same thing. So let's talk about that really quick. So instead of marketing it and putting everything on your listing, like it's for aftershave, it's lotion, mm. it's for dry skin, it's good for your feet... Instead mm -hmm. of that and going after all the keywords, you actually put it in all the different uh, categories and Correct. you just change the packaging. Correct. That's it. And it That's gets a it. completely new ASIN and you get your barcode and everything. It's completely separate. Correct. Brilliant. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Many people are kind of catching up to that. I see uh, uh, some guy that, it was selling some plant product. So this product works for all plants, but the way he did it, he would sell it for roses. He would sell it for tulips, different packaging for, you know, you know, lily, different packaging for tulips, different packaging for, uh, is, you know, uh, for other flowers out there, bluebell, different packages for sunflower, different, different packaging. And he would, it, it was so detailed that for the for the people that are into planting lilies, because he knows that they're going to type in, uh, you know, uh, whatever the product may be. I don't want to say what the product is. Something, something for lily. So it's playing on those keywords. So when they yeah. see the product, they're going to see the photo of lilies on their packaging. So they'll say, oh, yes, this is for Lily. 
it sells yeah. better than somebody that made one product and it says it's multi flowers. <laughs> this yeah. works on all the flowers. He sells those. He outsells those people by almost ten to one <laughs> because he was very specific. He he picked each plant and he made packaging for each plant. I think that's brilliant. And especially I think about that. I, I love the flower analogy, but I always think about it with dogs. And mm -hmm. I have I have a pug. And if mm -hmm. anything, packaging has a pug on it, like this is good for the paws, and there's a picture of a pug, I'm gonna buy that's it, it because it had that's a pug. That's it. That's how it works. Because they, they they called out to something in you, they resonate with you. They resonate yeah. with the pug owner. This is for pugs. You know it. And you're like, uh oh, wow, they must have put in your psyche. You already, your, your mind is thinking they put some special formulation that helps pugs. But now it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a picture of a pug. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Off Lobby, this has been really insightful. I appreciate all of the knowledge that you've shared with us and all, everything you've contributed to the Amazon community. Before we say goodbye, can you give us one little nugget as all of us listening are entrepreneurs and we're all either pushing along to build our Amazon businesses and some people are even thinking about getting started. So just a little bit of a tip for all of us. Oh, well, in all my years of selling, I think one major thing that I discovered that I wish I'd known from the beginning uh, is to play to my strength. Um, so many people go into selling without understanding who they are. Some people are very innovative. Then you should stick to design designing and launching products and go partner with somebody that knows about operations. Some people like to do operations, but they don't like designs. Then go find somebody that is so innovative and partner with them. Uh, after exiting uh, my major brands, I discovered that I love to raise money. That is huh. so simple for me to do. It's the it's one of the easiest things for me to do. So I'm like, you know what? How about me using my skill to help people, uh, sellers that are not into that, that you know, to, to avoid the same mistakes and hassles that I went through. I also discovered I love logistics. Yeah. That's why I started a 3PL. I love logistics. I love investigating things. That's why I started Tariff Terminator. Because if you, Joe, if you send me a contract, if an I is missing in an old page, I'll spot it. Wow. I will spot it. You know, and it's natural. I'm not looking for missing, I'm not looking for errors in your contract. <laughs> I just happen to find stuff. Right. Yeah. So when I, I was having problems with tariff, I was able to go through that 13,000 lines of. Uh, HTS codes, which is the government tariff code to actually find the code that works well for me. That's why I started Tariff Terminator to help other people find codes out of all the gazillion lines of codes. And so right now, because I also love raising money and I discovered that one of the major, uh, like we discussed, one of the major ways we were able to scale very fast is through cash flow. 
we had unlimited cash flow from our supplier. So now I talk to brand. I say, hey, I want to be your financial partner. I will buy inventory. I will buy unlimited inventory for you. You keep selling. I'll buy unlimited inventory for you. And I designed an app to do just that. Uh, it's not out yet. It's got to, someone has to talk to me privately, but that's what I've been doing. I enjoy doing it. So as an Amazon seller, just pick what you really are very strong in. If you really like management, stick to the management and outsource the rest or find a partner that can, you know, kind of complement you. If you are into product innovation, stick to product innovation. If you like product research, stick to product. Research. If you like PPC management, that is your strength and pick a partner that would complement the rest. You will go really far if you partner up with somebody than trying to do it alone by yourself. Great advice. Yes. We all need to work together <laughs> to get to where we need to be. And I really appreciate you joining us. I hope to have you back again soon. And until next time, stay fearless. Thank you. <laughs> if you're already selling on Amazon or you're looking to get started and you want my help, go to amzfearless.com to book a free strategy selling session. We can see if we can help you out. That's amzfearless.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless. Fearless.